When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 559 of the Course on a Podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Jim Hilton, and for the podcast listeners, this is your little special intro because I do have to give a little bit of an apology. I wasn't able to get the Napoli guests that I wanted to have a full conversation and an expert on that team, but instead, I did my own research, figured them out, watched a bit of their tape, listened to a bunch of Napoli experts on social media as well as podcasts and videos on YouTube and things like that. So I feel like I've got a good idea of who they are. So I know the runtime for this isn't a full podcast, but this little special little mini something at least as a preview before this game against Napoli on Wednesday. So without further ado, here's the audio from the video version that you can find on the YouTube channel. Both Barcelona and Napoli are in utter disarray. If you ask either of these fan bases heading into their midweek matchup in the Champions League, both of these fan bases will say that they're the underdogs. So let's preview this Champions League meeting between the two most recent winners of their respective leagues and try to figure out the favorite for this tie. If you're new here, it's always appreciated to give a subscribe on the YouTube channel or check out the podcast on the podcast apps. I have a Patreon to directly support the show or a merch store to also directly support the show. If you're watching this, you're probably watching this from the Barcelona perspective, so let's dive into understanding Napoli first. Napoli is all the way down in ninth in the Serie A table, a whopping 27 points off of Inter Milan at the top of the table. They have only scored 33 goals in the league and have conceded 28. Though in their defense, they had some close call losses even recently, losing 1-0 to AC Milan two weeks ago, 
and losing in January to Inter in stoppage time, 1-0 in the Supercoppa Italiana final, after a second-half red card sent them down to 10 men. And they've been doing all of that without Victor Osimhen, who's been away for the last month plus at the Africa Cup of Nations due to Nigeria getting all the way to the final, where they ultimately lost 2-1 to Cote d'Ivoire. Osiman also isn't returning in the best of form. He did score in the AFCON opener, and he did have three assists in the tournament, but he didn't hit the back of the net for over a month now. For Napoli, he's only scored eight total goals this season, albeit in 18 appearances. A hamstring injury, and then the AFCON basically sums up his season. Remember, he had 31 goals, though, in 39 games last season. So for Kool-Aid's complaining about Lewandowski's drop-off, Osiman is 25. And unlike Lewandowski, he's had to deal with stupidity from Napoli's own social media team, as well as teammates' agents. And he could be as good as gone in the offseason. I'll repeat, things are not going great in Naples, and that is going to be a continued theme as we preview Napoli. And things not going great is probably best summed up by the fact that Napoli got rid of their manager in the last 24 hours. Walter Mazzari was let go less than 72 hours before hosting Barcelona at the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. The new man is 55-year-old Francesco Calzona, who is also the current coach of the Slovakia national team. And Calzona is still set to guide Slovakia in the Euros in Germany this summer. For those who want Xavi out early, I want you to look at the last eight months for Napoli to show you what happens when, even if it's not the right man for the job, what happens to a team when you send a guy packing before you have the proper replacement. Luciano Spalletti led the team to the title last season before taking on the Italy national team job. So they had to find somebody new in the offseason, having just won Serie A. Rudy Garcia started the season in charge, but was gone by November. Then Mazzari, who coached the team in 2009 and 2013, was supposed to be the returning guy to get them through the season. But that obviously didn't work either. Mazzari won six times in 17 matches. Calzona returns to Napoli, having served under Spalletti before leaving in 2022 to take on the Slovakia gig. So I do think he will get a little bit of goodwill for the fan base there, they enjoy the fact that he is a defensive-minded coach, and that is what the team wants to fix. And it must be weird to be a Napoli fan, too, to go from what seems like, in recent memory, the highest of highs to not the lowest of lows, but still pretty low. Last season's title was their third in their history and their first since 1990. But this season, the defense has fallen off a cliff. The loss of Min Jae Kim to Bayern Munich is definitely part of it, but there has clearly been a lack of continuity and inconsistent performances. The team is healthy overall, but there are things hanging over the club and individuals behind the scenes that we don't expect other teams to have. Just drama alone are the only team that's supposed to be having these problems. I already mentioned that things could not be more dramatic with Osimhen this season, but longtime midfielder Pedro Zelinski is set to leave the club over the summer, and while he's been fine, he has not been his usual best. The money that was spent hasn't produced much end product, particularly 30 million euro signing Jesper Lindstrom, who started just one game back in September in the league. Now this week, I do find it really interesting that Barcelona was linked to the Napoli star winger Kivija Kefarcelia, the 23-year-old Georgian with six goals and five assists this season in 31 appearances. Those numbers are obviously quite a ways off his 14 goals and 17 assists last season in his first year at Napoli. And just like I said with Rafael Leo last week, the market value is nowhere near what Barcelona can in any way spend. It's absurd that Cavara would be a target for Barca, and this was drummed up certainly by his agent, who has made some headlines this year for getting a bit too chatty with the media, including sparking that little issue with negative talk towards Osimhen. He is still, that being Cavara, a dangerous player though, one that could magically, of course, as you know, be the best player on the field against Barcelona in a Champions League tie.
The other two guys to note for me, at least, are Giovanni Di Lorenzo, the right back and captain, and Matteo Politano, the right winger. Because they play in Italy and not in the EPL or even in the Bundesliga or La Liga, they're kind of forgotten in the shuffle a bit by non-Italian fans. But Politano has six goals and five assists this season, the most goal contributions of anybody on the team. And Di Lorenzo is relied on to control the right wing and will likely have some space to work with if Xavi starts those four midfielders. And Di Lorenzo could be the guy. He could be the important figure that is the leader, we'll say, in the interim as the new manager gets reaccustomed to the squad. Those are some of the names, and I'm not going to go through the whole roster. So yeah, I might miss the guy that winds up being the difference maker. But let's at least dive into what I expect to be Napoli's starting eleven. Osimhen said he's good to face Barcelona. I believe him, so I'm going to put him here on the list instead of Simeone. And I think it's a front three then of Cavara, Osimhen, and Politano. I think it's going to be a defensive-minded midfield with Anguissa, Lobotka, who will likely be behind Zelensky if he gets to start. Then on the back line, I have absolutely no idea, but based on who has started, including the match against Girona on Saturday and has been the normal starters this season, I'm going to guess that it's Mazzocchi, Ostegard, Romani, and Di Lorenzo with Meret in net. And by the way, if I'm right, Romani, Meret, Di Lorenzo, Zelinski, and Osiman would all be repeat starters from Napoli's 4-2 loss to Barcelona in 2022, the last time that these two met in Italy. For the Barcelona starting 11, there are obviously a ton of injuries. Jao Felix is questionable. And then all of Roberto, Alonso, Gabi, Baron Torres, and Balde are all definitely out. Fortunately, Mark Yu scored a 10 of 10 goal over the weekend and will be on the bench, I'd assume, instead. So I'm hoping that Xavi goes, hey, that kid is probably in the best goal scoring form of anybody on the team, even though, yes, Lewandowski actually did have the brace. But anyway, Mark Yu, go watch the goal. You get the point. But for the starters, I think they picked themselves with who is available. I hated that Lamine Mall started against Celta de Vigo and he played 96 minutes because you can't change him out and he's so important to what they're doing right now. But that start is now in the past and he has to start against Napoli. So I think Xavi goes four midfielders again and it's Pedri or Gundogan higher up, likely Gundogan like we've seen the last time with that four starting with Lewandowski obviously in the middle. Then Dion Christensen is the double pivot and Ter Stegen in net, of course, and then the back four of Cancelo, Gubarsi, Araujo, and Kunde. I don't know how Xavi would go about this any other way, but if he does and he pulls something off with a positive result, a ton of credit to him because I think he made some player that I didn't fully trust, somebody you could trust in this tie, but I also don't see how he goes with anything but this. All right, prediction time. The match is in Naples, and Barcelona have been okay on the road this season. Barcelona are in fine, okay form. And Napoli are in less than stellar form. Both teams, even results-based, the results have been better than what they've actually been doing on the field. But Napoli also have a new manager, and they might get that new manager bump and a little bit of excitement. So my guess here is 1-1. Whether Barcelona win or lose at home is still up in the air, but my gut says that this tie will be in their control heading into Montjuic, which is what you want. But in recent seasons, we have seen that in European football, at least, that doesn't really matter. So the question I started with, let's end with it. Who's the favorite between Barcelona and Napoli, at least for their first tie? I'm saying on paper, and I think even in practice, it is still Barcelona, despite everything we know about the struggles of La Grana. From what I've seen, Napoli fans are excited about the return of Calzona, and they trust his track record of fixing defenses. But I think 72 hours is a bit too fast for that. Players could receive that new manager bump, that extra energy that players seem to get when they need to prove something to a new man in charge. 
But this being the third man this season for Napoli makes me wonder if it didn't happen in November, why it would happen now. Barca is the team with all the injuries, but I still take their starting 11 over Napoli's. And as naive as it might be, I'm saying a Champions League tie will be decided by talent, if only when comparing the two completely broken teams on paper. So I know this wasn't a longer video like you're used to or a full-length podcast, but if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel or follow me on the podcast apps, leave a good rating or help me out on Patreon. That goes right directly to helping and support the show, as well as the merch store, Close Facebook Group, Discord, anywhere on social media, you can basically find me. But as always, until next time, and in particular, the next time I talk to you is going to be after the Champions League tie against Napoli. So look forward to that. Again, subscribe wherever you need to. Make sure you don't miss that post-game review. But in the meantime, until then, Corsa Barca. Barca.